We just finished up our conversation with Pat Redioff, owner of Pond Roofing. He's got some incredible stories about how he became the owner of Pond Roofing, as well as how he has dealt with some of the sticky situations that have come up along the way. I uh, hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed our conversation with Pat Redioff. All right. So, hey, it's uh, John Jorgensen and welcome uh, to another episode of the Go With John Show. I'm here today with Pat Redioff, owner of Pond Roofing. Welcome, Pat. Thanks, John. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So it's it's really amazing. I was reading your bio and we were talking. We like have lived almost parallel lives. It's funny. It, it's 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 actually Maybe a decade apart. Yeah, but it's scary, actually, because yeah. my very, very first business I had in my life was a painting business, and you? Painting. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. What, what got you into painting? You were in college, right? I was in college, and um, you know, back then there was a company called AAA Student Painters. Right. And they would recruit college kids and basically give them, a, you know, set them up with a franchise. Uh-huh. And you had a, 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 a fee for your equipment and everything to get started. Um, Do you remember how much that fee was? I'm just curious. I think it was 1600 bucks. Okay. It's always stuck in my head. Yeah. And uh, so I went all the way to Virginia Tech, and at the end of the school year, there was a guy who had one of those branches up here in uh, North Arlington. Mm -hmm. And he recruited a couple of us to to be his painters for the summer. Right. And I got halfway through the summer, and I I saw what he was doing, and I saw what we were doing. Yeah. And I knew what he was making and what we were making. Yeah. and, And I drove up to the offices in Maryland, right. so up uh, in um, uh, Laurel. Mm-hmm. And, and I went in and I said, hey, I, I want to know how I get a branch manager position for next year. Like, right. I, I want my own branch. Yeah. They said, well, you got, I mean, I was there in paint clothes and yeah, stuff. Yeah. They said, well, you got an interview and all this stuff. I said, whatever it is, set me up. I'll, I need that job. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, I, and I interviewed and I got, you know, a position. They gave me um, a couple zip codes as uh-huh. my territory. And I paid the fee and I went to all the training and yeah. I recruited my guys and I, Man, I came home every weekend to knock doors and and do estimates in the yeah. springtime, and it was a. I mean, it it ruined me, in a way, right? Because right. I could never really work for anybody else. Yeah. Again, it's it's addictive, long, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's uh, yeah. It's funny you mentioned door knocking. I used to do that too. It's it's really. I don't I don't know if you could do that anymore. Do people? You I can. Mean, yeah, you can have you? to have a license. Yeah. Uh, you know, just just register basically with the county. Yeah, so. but when I say door knocking, I mean I don't I don't think people are as receptive to door knocking as they used to be 20, 30 years ago. They're not. And, you know, it's it's definitely not as easy. Um, there are companies. Um, that do roofing, siding, windows, and doors. Yeah. Uh, that just beat the heck out of people's doors still, right. and really badger them. And people are, you know, but they get a live one every now and then. We don't want to have anything to do yeah. with it. Yeah. Well, you know, what, what I started doing when I got too busy really to just knock doors was use the door hangers. You know. Oh sure. And, and every job I did, you know, it's six or ten houses on either side and twenty houses across the street, and yep. you know, you leave thirty or forty of those behind every time. It's amazing. Oh, for sure. How much business uh, you get out of that? That's something we're trying to get back to. You know, we we, we might create a position called a, a brand ambassador who goes and and just does that kind of stuff out in the yeah. field. Um, you know, around our job sites. And yeah, it's good. Visit it's, customers. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good uh, it's a good process to have in place. Yeah. So another thing, and I don't want to like spend too much time on this, but uh, we're both bass players for sure, and uh, we both wanted to be guitar players. Right. It's funny. I, I bought my. There was a place called Rolls Music yeah. uh, in in Falls Church, yeah. and I walked in there. I can't remember the owner's name. Uh, I can't remember what his name was. Rick. I think it was Rick. And, great uh, shot. In uh, 1995, I walked in there and I told him, hey, I want to be a guitar player. And the guy sold me a, a 1995 Fender Stratocaster. And plus, it was a Strat Plus and a Blues DeVille 212 amp. Nice. Got every penny I had saved in my whole life <laughs> out of me on that one trip. And I went home and I was going to be a guitar player. And <laughs> to this day, I still have that guitar and amp. Yeah. And uh, I never, ever, ever could get off the ground with guitar. And I, and I switched over to bass about five years later and loved it, you know, yeah. and it just, um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing better, but no, uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, like I was uh, telling you before we started, I, I, I wanted to, I switched to bass because 
there were so many dang guitar players in my high school that were all better than me, but nobody wanted to play bass. So right. I could be in any band I wanted to. Yeah. So I, I was in a few different bands throughout high school. Yeah. And, and now I, you know, I try to find time to play. I've got my gear at my office. Yeah. Hanging on the wall. And when everybody goes home, I turn on, I've still got my stereo from when I was in high school. Right. That uh, really cranks and I've got my books of CDs yeah. and I'll put on a Guns N' Roses CD and yeah. I'll just play along as loud as I can wow. for, a, for an hour if, yeah. I, if I can manage it. You yeah, know? it's quite a release. Oh, for it sure. Yeah. You can't think about anything else. Exactly. You can't think about the problems of the day when you're trying to get through a song. Exactly, exactly. Mental break. So did you ever did you ever play uh, so in bands out, like gigging just, on a regular basis? In, in high school, you know, playing parties and okay. stuff. It's, fu- it's funny, I... I played at my wife's 16th birthday party, but I didn't know her yet. Oh, my you know, god! The drummer had gone out with her once or something, and he was, like, friends with her. He's like, hey, I got us a gig, guys. And yeah. we're like, how much does it pay? He's like, well, we're playing for free, but it's, right. this, it's this girl Cindy's birthday party. It's her 16th birthday. It's going to be awesome. And we yeah. played in the clubhouse at Mantua. Yeah. And uh, and it was awesome. But I, didn't, I, think I, I think I saw her once there. I didn't actually even know her. Wow. I met her like a year later, really. Isn't that funny? It's funny. It is a small world. Yeah. It is a small world. So another thing that we uh, we have in common, I think, is our passion for customer service and processes. And I was reading your bio before you came in. It's really, yeah, sure. uh, I mean, the parallels between what you've done and your passions and what I've done and my passions are just uh, mind-boggling, really. It's kind of funny, you know, and I, I guess that's kind of a... Uh, Obviously, we might have been cut from the same cloth to some right. degree, and then just when you, you know, bootstrap your businesses to begin with, and yes. and, and you've run small businesses uh, that are you know very much customer oriented. I mean, if you're doing anything at a house yeah. with a homeowner, you learn pretty quick. Yeah, to, that it's all about that customer experience. It is. Well, that customer is your boss, even it's, if you don't know your it. Boss, you know, <laughs> if you went into business in home improvements and not have a boss, yeah, forget it. You got a right. new boss every day. That's but, right. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of satisfaction in you know getting from you know uh, a phone call to you know about hey can you give me a price on this to right. the end and they're happy with whatever you changed about their house. Right. Um, however short or long that journey is, whether it's a quick paint job, you yeah. know, or one day, you know, put new windows in a house or, you know, if put an addition on the house that takes months. Right. Um, you know, they're, they are your boss for a while and you learn that that customer experience is everything. They can get you more clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can, you know, get you paid. So. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think, I don't think your average homeowner out there has any concept what goes on behind the scenes no. when they make that phone call to any any company really no. and and you know you're you're in roofing uh you know I'm building homes with uh with Stanley Martin we've both been painters and it does you know when you're a really small shop like when you're one guy and you're painting houses and you get that phone call and you go out and you do the estimate and you paint the house and you collect the money and you don't have any buddy else with you it's really pretty simple and straightforward right for sure as soon as you start bringing other humans into your sphere now you have the whole uh concept of human error that shows up every day there can be human error um you've got oh of course at a certain point you need those people to well yeah yeah, you have to to help that that experience along exactly you know as the one-man band you can only get to so many of them right yeah once you bring other people in you've You've got to have it scripted. You've got to have a system, a process. You've got to get into specialization yeah. so everybody knows their role yeah. and they just pick it up like clockwork. And um, yeah, there's a, and it costs money. It does. You it know? does. And folks don't realize that. They don't you know? realize. Yep. I love hearing somebody say, look, I don't want to pay for, for your overhead. Right. And it's like, well, you know, that, I don't call it overhead. I call it operating, ex, you know, yeah. expense, operating revenue. And, um, that's what that what that's what gets you know the materials on the job site. Yeah. That's what gets you know your, this drawing done so that my guys that sh- show up to do the work uh, actually know what to do when they get to your house. And that right. you know that pays for the supervisor to come by yeah. and make sure everything's okay and yeah. all this stuff that yeah. is you know that you expect. 
Well, I think the biggest thing too is I, I say to folks, yeah, you actually do want to pay the overhead because you right. want us to be in business so we can warranty the oh, work that we're sure. doing. Yeah, for sure. The funny thing about that is sometimes you get the customer who says, well, I'm selling the house. I don't really care about the warranty. Right. You say, okay, that's fine. You know, I, I had a young salesman who got stuck saying that all the time. And I said, yeah. listen, you need to explain to the customer that yeah, great. You don't care about the warranty. What about everything leading up to that? You, it, this is going to cost you fifteen thousand dollars. Let's right. say you want to spend that money once. You want it to go well. Yeah. You don't want any hiccups. Yeah. Some of it's going to overhead that ensures that there's no hiccups and right. that we're here if you do have a problem. Exactly. And uh, and you know if you if you have that conversation with most people, they get it. Mm-hmm. And then they're mm-hmm. very happy to you know they go okay yeah mm-hmm. you're right mm-hmm. I don't want to. They don't want to be the guys that have to go find the crew that's going to install the stuff and manage getting materials there. And yeah. but, but, but they just think of this thing as like, well, you just have this high overhead and they don't understand Well, that's what makes the company. And otherwise you could do it yourself. Right? Exactly. Just go find the guys to go put the shingles on the roof. Right, right, you know? right. So, so let's talk, let's get into this, right? Sure. Because I, I think, you know, for me, I really understand like all the little steps, like we have broken down our entire process into, I mean, I want, I want to say we probably have 30 or 40 steps sure. that somebody has to go through just in the sales process sure. when they buy, when they buy a new home from us. Right. Yeah. And, and we break it down into, you know, uh, when, when, a, when, a, when a prospect contacts us, they go into our system as a prospect. And then we have a, several steps that we go through to qualify them, right, to figure sure. out where do, they want to, where do they want to build, what's their budget, have they, have they spoken to a lender about construction financing. So we have all this stuff that we do just to kind of help the, the prospect figure sure. out if this is something they really want to do. And then we step by step by step all the way through. And I know when I have my painting company, we had similar processes. Yep. When I have my water damage company, it was all about processes. So what do you do at your company when, when, when with, your, with your prospects that come in? Let's talk about the prospects. And then let's also talk about your, your employees. So what kind of processes sure. do you have, have that you think are awesome? Yeah, so... First of all, the whole thing is awesome. Right? It is. You I know? agree. I, uh, I agree. And, and that's kind of like where I've found myself is uh, just constantly tweaking that process mm-hmm. to make it better for the customer. Yeah. You know, and um, so somebody calls in, uh, they're getting one of my two sales coordinators mm-hmm. and they're responsible for getting that person uh, an appointment with mm-hmm. an estimator. If it's something, you know, they've got their questions that they're going to ask mm-hmm. to make sure it's something that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, you know, like we don't do new construction. Right. If they're calling and they say they want to send us plans, you know what? We don't do that because mm-hmm. when we step outside of the process we've set up, right, things go awry. Yeah. If and, we and, can stick and, to and, our process. And let me let me just <clears throat> I'm going to interrupt you there because yeah. that is that is probably the hardest lesson I had to learn, and you probably had to learn it sure. too, right? You're a young entrepreneur and you're out there working, and you've got your kind of stuff that you do. And then somebody says, "Wow, man, he did a really good job on that roof down there. I wonder if he can put a new front door in for me." Right. Sure. Yeah. And and you're you're right. Being true to your processes and staying in your lane exactly is so important. Stay in your lane or have a good. It, it's funny you mentioned roof and then door because that's how actually I got my start with pond which we can get into later but yeah. they were doing roofing and they wanted to get indoors yeah and that's how I came <laughs> into the picture but and they I knew didn't better know that than to, yeah. they knew better than to just dabble yeah you know um and so that's that's how we found each other but um yeah so you know we get them an appointment yep um yep. we send an estimator it's it's at a specific time right um the estimator is going to show up and then he has his own step process you sure know, it needs to gather some information needs to go do an inspection mm-hmm. needs to measure um create a proposal um talk about options mm-hmm. and and move on from there we have um a, an electronic proposal you know system mm-hmm. that's uh we have a screen share built into it so we mm-hmm. can especially in these days you know we can right. do our our presentation um remotely yeah that's the nice. guys can you know they can sit in their truck in yeah. the in the driveway yeah get the customer on the phone and present their proposal to them while they oh, sit that's in fantastic. there on their ipad or something yeah e-signature all that right um but uh you know all the details all the selections before that customer signs off and gives us a deposit they mm-hmm. have to choose everything mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. don't want any options left 
for them to choose. Like right. the way our system's set up, um, the the proposal it's it's really neat. It's a program program called uh, One Click Contractor. But right. so you one click gets you to a proposal, yeah. and another click gets you to an agreement. Right. And before it can go to agreement, everything has to be chosen. Mm-hmm. So there's no potential later for there. Well, I I haven't picked my siding color yet. Right. You know, we don't want those hiccups later in the process. Right. So then, it, you know, paperwork makes its way back through the office. Um, deposits get recorded. Mm-hmm. You know, the accountant mm-hmm. does her thing. The sales mm-hmm. co- coordinator do their part to get it into our, uh, moved along further in our CRM, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which has a great uh, uh, project management Mm-hmm. Uh, aspect to Which it. Which CRM do you use? We use one called Contractors Cloud. Okay. We used to be on a program called Improve It 360. It's, it's mm-hmm. a Salesforce platform. Right. It was great. We, we didn't have the ability to manage the the, the uh, production process okay. the way we wanted. And yeah. this was very customizable because we already had our process. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to capture that electronically. And yeah. this Contractors Cloud allowed us to do that by right. setting up milestones and and it creates tasks and it can't, you know, the contract's not allowed to move forward if there's not a photo that's labeled attic. Right. In the, in the, in the file. Right. It just won't allow it. Somebody better go get that photo of the attic. Right. Um, stuff like that. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, that's kind of cool. And then it makes its way through production. Right. Um, we've got, uh, I've got an operations manager. If it's a repair, we have a repair department manager. Yeah. We've got a, uh, a production coordinator named Natalie, who's awesome at taking the the proposal and the drawing that the estimator did of the, let's say it's a roof job mm-hmm. and recreating that mm-hmm. into this form that we have that, um, uh, is is basically the work order for the day of the installation. It's got every right. little detail on it. It's right. going to have the list of materials, any special instructions, things like that. Yeah. But we don't skip that. Like you know, there's not a roof that goes to the field without all of these pieces. Right. You have to create the sales order. Yep. Then you have to fill the sales order. Exactly. It's exactly like building a house. Our our sales orders are a little more complicated than right. uh, than uh, the the roofing sales orders. Exactly. Right? You know, yeah. we've got some. Touch points along the way with co- communication, like when that contract first came in, the sales coordinators send out a welcome email and then a reminder of things for the day of installation. And yeah. then, then that production coordinator sends the same reminders. Right. And she has a script that she goes through when she calls to confirm. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a list of about 12 items that she has to tell them. About so cars tell who? The, the, the homeowner? The homeowner, the, yeah. The okay. homeowner, yeah. Okay. Call the homeowner and it's like, hey, don't forget if you've got things in your attic, get them yep. covered or pull them out of there. Right. Take your cars out of the driveway. Yeah. These types of things. Common sense things. Common sense things yeah. that people need to be told and reminded. And about. that is the, that is the hardest part about uh, business are all the little things that are happening around you every day that you have to control that are literally out of your control. They are, and a lot of them, like you just said, they're common sense, right? So we'd love to say, well, come on. Miss Smith, like you knew we were bringing materials in a dump truck. Yeah. Why did you leave your cars in the garage and now you can't get out and you're mad at us? Right. It's common sense. <laughs> well, over the years, we take note of all these things and they come into a list. And yeah, we're going to send it to you electronically, you know, in writing. Yeah. But we're going to take the most important ones and we're going to review them with you because we're not going to just assume that you have common sense. Not right. To, and, and really, you, you know, no, and, and I don't I don't think you will. But the homeowner is not doing this every day. Right. No, so it wouldn't exactly. even occur to them that you're bringing in, you no. know, 150 tons of equipment and leaving That's it right. in the way of their you know, car. Yeah. Every now and then you get a homeowner says, well, boy, I sure wish somebody would have told me such and such. It's yeah. Like, well, we told you three different ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and when I hear something, you know, for the fifth time yeah. in a short amount of time that like I wish I had known X. Well, then it's time to look at our process and see, well, what do we need to do? Yeah, you're exactly to, like to I fix am. That, yeah. You know, if, if the same issue comes up repeatedly, then it's not really the customer. It's you. Right. right? And you've got to take ownership of it. Got to take ownership. You fix it. Yeah. Fix the process. Put something, put a system in place. You know, yeah. like we were look, when you tear off a roof, there's 10,000 nails on an mm-hmm. average roof. Mm-hmm. So you're tearing off. 10,000 nails that need to make it in a dumpster. Yeah. And then you're putting a new 10,000 nails up. Yeah. And you probably brought 12,000 with you and some yeah. of those coils get, you yeah. know, spun off. Seen and, it, been there. And up yeah. in the bushes. So yeah. the guys drag magnets when they're done. We've got yeah. tarps on the ground. We've got things in place to try to, you know, uh, eliminate as much of that as possible. But before those guys leave, they've got to drag the magnet and check the bushes yeah. one last time. Despite all of that, 
And despite us jumping up and down on the cruise, you know, all the time, we still would get complaints sometimes about cleanup. There would be one nail. One, yeah, one nail. And it would end up in the homeowner's tire. In their tire. Yeah. I don't care. You know, they've got a dog that carried one up to the back door. Yeah, you're right. like, oh, my gosh. So we added a guy who his job is to go back to the job site mm-hmm. and, uh, and just double check cleanup. Mm-hmm. Drag the magnet one more time. Mm-hmm. He's it's the day after. Yeah. He's not tired from installing a roof all day right, and right. trying to get home. It's just that's part of his job. Now he's yeah. a he's a roaming supervisor. It's just something we added to that role. Exactly. To go back and check yesterday's customers yeah. one more time. That's fantastic. And now we don't get there's nobody complaining about cleanup. Right. Right. That's Ever. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It's just the simplest thing. And like, you feel good. I feel great. Because you have eliminated a problem and you're providing a better experience for your customer which helps you sleep better at night we hated getting that call of course that's certainly not what we intended for our customer to have to worry about cleaning up some nails yeah you know so how can we fix it let's just add it to this role no that's awesome fantastic and that's part of the process right again back to the process you know we've got the roaming supervisor he's going to show up on the job site he's going to help make sure everything's safe that the guys have what they need that the customer's happy they got any questions yeah Make sure the job gets done right, and then go back one last time, and and then then the estimator goes back and does a, a true final inspection. Right. Make sure it was done the way he sold it. Yep. And uh, we don't ask for you know their final payment until that's done. Yeah, and makes they sense. Say, yeah, I'm happy. Makes sense. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, there's some little steps in there, you know, on top of that. There's a million. But I uh, bet you. Yeah. that's the basic, you know, anywhere along the way, any of those big steps. If we can tweak something, that's right. what we're doing. Yeah. So, so you know, homeowners that are calling you, they just want a new roof. That's right. You know, and all this other stuff you have to do really behind the scenes, I think, is really awesome. And I think some of those things I think folks are going to really care deeply about. But at the end of the day, they want to call you. They want a fair price. And they want the roof on the house. Right. And they probably would prefer if it kept the weather out. Right. That's right. That's- <laughs> they want it done right. And uh, they yeah, they 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 don't they don't think about what a big project it is. You know, yeah. we're ripping the, the lid off of your house. Right. Um, you're right. They just want it. They just want it done. So that's our job. That's yeah. That's what we get paid to do is make it as seamless as possible mm-hmm. um, through the whole process and, and, you know, especially the day of, right? Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't need problems that day. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with uh, more from Patrick, owner of Pond Roofing. I'm John Jorgensen, and if you want to learn more about buying a home or selling your existing home, contact us through the show. We work with an incredible network of professionals who can help you get through the process smoothly. Again, that's GoWithJohn.com. All right, we're back with uh, Patrick Redioff, uh, with uh, owner of Pond Roofing. So let's, I want to go back for a second because we were talking a lot about processes in the first uh, segment. Sure. And you brought up during the break that, you know, y- you feel that you probably picked up some of this process DNA from being in the restaurant business. For sure. You know, I mean, my first job was in high school working as a dishwasher for a pizza place called Pico's. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a process for everything in a restaurant. Yes. Right. In any decent restaurant, you know, and if you work for the right restaurant group, they some places are going to have more processes than others. And, yeah. and, and, um, but you've got customers you got to make happy. Yeah. You know, if you're the dishwasher, you've got to keep, you know, the cooks and the wait staff happy with clean yeah. dishes. Yeah. Uh, I moved on to making pizzas and so I've got to make the waitresses happy and get their pizzas out. Right. Quick enough, you know, and that's yeah. making the customers happy. And, uh, you know, if it's like if you're if you're making this type of pizza, there's a process for how to layer the toppings. Right. You know, everything's process and 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 customer service. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I then you get that, out in your in your and then and then you also got some process experience with uh, your your painting franchise. Yeah, the painting franchise. They had some great processes and, you know, it was, um, they had uh, some great tools for breaking down, you know, okay, if you want to sell this much work, like if you want to produce mm-hmm. this much work and make this much money, mm-hmm. let's reverse engineer that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So 
back then, if you could do $60,000 worth of painting in a summer, that was great. So right. how many weeks do you have? How many thousands of dollars worth of painting do you have to do a week to get there? Right. Okay, if you can sell 25% of everything you look at, then how many customers do you need to get in front of? And so then how many doors do you need to knock on to get those mm-hmm. people to do estimates for? Mm-hmm. And you just mm-hmm. work it backwards and then put the formula to work for you. Right. You know, there were some guys who they didn't buy into the process. They didn't drink the Kool-Aid, let's say. Yeah. And halfway through the summer, they'd be like, yeah, I got screwed by student painters. Right. You know, they got my $1,600 for my, you know, my startup kit and I got screwed by them. Well, yeah. those guys didn't want that 1600 bucks. No, they didn't. No. You know, they wanted a cut of all that $60,000 worth of painting you were going to right, do. Right, right. They gave you every opportunity to succeed. Coaching, the formulas, yeah. you just didn't put it to work. I put it to work. Yeah. And I love that. So I always have felt like really any business, especially anything in um, home services, mm-hmm. can be run very similarly. Mm-hmm. Right? You have a formula. Pay attention to customer experience. Yeah. Pay attention to process, um, and and work your formula, and you can you can be successful at it. Yeah. You just gotta kind of stick to the to the plan. Yeah, sticking to it. That's hard to do. Also, it sometimes. Is. Yeah. So let's so let's talk about let's talk about because I know I've been a contractor my whole life. Sure. And things go wrong, and you know you get a couple of contractors around, and you're drinking a beer on a Friday night. There's not a week goes by that you don't have a new story. Oh, so so sure. tell tell us like what are some of the crazy things that you've had to deal with as a business owner or just anything at all that. Sure. Uh, I, a couple things come to mind. One, uh, which you know, you and I briefly spoke about, was we put a roof on a house, and it was sometime in the first six months uh, after the roof went on that we got a call, and they were frantic, and they were mad, and they were cussing, and they yeah. not only did they call and leave messages for everybody they knew right. in the company, they sent emails, and you know, and, and they'd already put a review up, right? You know, that they're a brand bad new, review? a bad review. Yeah. You know, they had. Done a nice review. Right. Now well, so, wait, up, so, you, so you put the roof on the house. Put the roof on the and house. Then, and everything's then the fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. They, and then they what paid. Did the they were happy as can be. They, it rained on the house it for rained. months. Months. For months. No yeah. problem. And then, then what, what happened? What From the homeowner's perspective, what happened? From the homeowner's perspective, these guys did a terrible job. My roof is now leaking. Was, okay. There's water coming in. Water's coming into it the house. It was coming through the ceiling. They're yeah. freaking out. And they're, you know... And we're like, okay, no problem. We have a process. Yes. You're, we've got a guy who's going to come look at this. No problem. Right, Calm right, down. Right. And he went out there and he came back with a photo of a tree branch that had stuck to the roof like a missile. Right. You know, it fell out of this large oak tree right above the house. Right. Who knows how long it had been sitting there. Yeah. And when it rained hard, the water poured in around there and dropped part of their ceiling. And yeah. it was a big mess didn't have anything to do with our roof. Right. And and to be honest, we fixed it for free. Yeah. Not, not their interior damage. Right. But we patched the roof up because, yeah. hey, we're here. We can pull the tree branch out and we'll yeah. fix it. But, um, but yeah, they it was a whole lot of yelling and screaming. Yeah. You know, thinking that we did something wrong. So, so, so they obviously probably happened over a weekend, right? Because this kind of stuff never happens during no, business yeah, hours, no, right? It, it was definitely <laughs> like it started on a Sunday and they were, yeah. you know, by Monday morning we were getting blown up and we were like, what, what yeah. just happened? Yeah. So they, oh the, they had the reviews online. Yeah. And, and they uh, took it down and they were, they apologized and they were, you know, very happy and went yeah. back to being a happy customer. But, um, you know, and honestly, we've had a couple of those. That one was like the biggest, right? right? But we've had other ones where similar things happen. They call up, they're mad. You've just put this roof on last yeah. year. Yeah. And look, roofs don't just go bad all of a sudden. If right. it's rained on it for a year, there's something else going on. Yeah. We will never try to diagnose that over the phone. Sure. We've got a process. We've right. got a guy. Right. He's coming. Right. And but we find tree branches in roofs. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's a great, uh, you know, one of the things I've learned because, you know, being in business, we have processes for all those things. You know, when I, I I'm a consumer, I spend money, I buy things, I do research, I choose companies and sure. things go wrong sometimes. And what, what I do personally now is I'll call the company and I'll say, hey. I bought XYZ and ABC just happened. What is your process for this? So I I just actually, and, and I've found I've had really good success with, with, I get a really good reception from the company because they know now that this is just stuff happens, right? It's just a fact of life. Nothing is perfect and uh, you got to work through it. So what else? You got another, uh, you know, one, one of my favorite ones, I, 
I keep a voicemail on my phone. Mm-hmm. It's been there since 2014. Mm-hmm. And it's a reminder that, you know, if you just do the right thing, everything's going to turn out right. Yeah. So we were doing a townhouse roof and my guys pulled up and they, they uh, backed the dump truck up. You know, and townhouses are tough, right? Because yeah. you got parkings right up against houses. So yeah. he, he put this dump truck right up against the curb and he went knocking on doors mm-hmm. to ask customers to move their cars away from either side of our dump truck. Mm-hmm. And this lady came out and she said, yeah, that's my car right next to your, your truck. And we just barely started tearing off the roof. I don't think anything had even been carried to the truck yet. Mm-hmm. She backed her car straight across the parking lot into another spot. And she got out. And she walked around and looked at her tires and she went and got them. And she said, got my foreman, Don. And she said, hey, there's a roofing nail in my tire. Right. And he's like, well, how can that be? Like, you yeah. know, okay. And he goes and he looks at it. And the, and the nail had been worn off. Like there was no nail head right. on it. <laughs> it was rusted. You know, you could see she'd been driving with this nail in her car yeah. for some time. Right. But, and she, he, he kind of pointed that out to her as nice as he could. She said, but it wasn't there before. That's all she said. Right. And she kept saying that. So he called me and he sent me the picture and I, of the nail and I, and I got on the phone with her, and I tried to explain to her, and she just kept saying, but it wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, at that point, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to win this. Mm-hmm. So I said, no problem. I, I'd love to have the tire, pat, you know, plugged for you. Where do you want to take it? I'm going to take it to this place down the road. I said, great. Call me when you get there. I'll give them my credit card, whatever we need to do. Well, she got there, and it was an all-wheel drive car. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, you have to, you know, there's 10,000 miles on the tire. So we got to replace the two back tires. Right. So now we're not just, you know, it's in the sidewall or something. We can't just plug the tire. Yeah. It's got to be replaced. Oh, by the way, it's two tires. And, you know, and I said, okay, it's like five, 600 bucks worth of right. tires for a nail that wasn't ours. Right. And I said, so I got the guy on the phone at the tire place. I said, you know, that's not my nail, right? He said, oh yeah. I said, anything you can do on price please help me. No problem. He took like 80 bucks off. Yeah. I paid the bill. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and that was kind of the end of it. She was, you know, kind of thankful, but right. you know, whatever. Pissed off that you didn't put the nail in her tire that you, she's giving you credit yeah, for. You know, right. So, okay, everything's fine. I'm thinking it's done. The next day, which happened to be a Saturday, I got an angry call from our customer. Mm-hmm. She's mad because this lady's husband came over and burned her up about the two tires that had to be replaced, how we popped two tires. This is what he was saying. (laughs) And I said to our customer, I said, well, hold on, ma'am. Let me tell you the story of what happened here. And I explained it to her and I said, you understand that wasn't our nail. And I did everything possible to try to avoid just this type of situation. She said, yep, I get it. No problem. And she was very happy with us already. But, you know, know, glowing reviews, all this stuff, they go above and beyond because we had... And then I got a voicemail from the lady going on and on talking about, you know, thank you so much for being so kind and so yeah. nice and taking care of this. And it's like she must have seen how her husband reacted with the neighbor right. and realized, you know what, that guy did the right thing. Yeah. You know, so it's just a reminder. I still have it on my phone. You That's know? awesome. We, we listen to it every now and then. I tell my guys, I'm like, this was not our problem. Yeah. But we fixed it anyway. Yeah. And if, you know, that's five, $600 we spent on those tires, would have, if we hadn't done that, it would have cost us thousands and thousands in business. Right. With that right. lady taken to the internet, crushing us. Yeah. So just do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah. Well, you, you know, the, the internet's an amazing oh, thing. It's good. It's good and bad. You know, do the right thing is important. But, you know, it's funny that that reminds me of a story that I've told for years and years. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if Nick's heard this one or, or not yet, the, 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 the side of beef. So, so when I owned a water <laughs> damage company, we used to have to get, move stuff around to get carpet out, right? If you have a flood in your house, you got to pull up the carpet, sure. you got to get the pad out, you got to throw the pad away. So we would always run into all this bizarre stuff. I have 10,000 stories that I'm not going to tell, but this one in particular stuck with me. So I get a call one day uh, from from a homeowner that we had uh, serviced, and she said, hey, your, your guys were here yesterday, and they unplugged my freezer that was downstairs, and they moved it 
to get the, the pad out. It was some uh, on some carpet and they forgot to plug it back in. And I had some meat in there and the meat went bad and I had to throw it away and uh, I, I would like you to replace it. I was like, great. Well, what was in there? And she told me and it was like $50 worth of 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 meat. Right. right. The next day she calls back again and she said, you know, I didn't realize exactly how much was in the freezer. Um, it's more like $250 worth of meat and I've got it thrown out and I would appreciate if you would pay for it. Now, I originally told her, sure, you know what, I'll take care of it, right? Sure. I, I didn't even ask. So now it's $250. The next day she calls back again. Now they had just bought a side of beef and oh. they had thrown the whole thing away. So at this point, I had to get the insurance company involved. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes that do the right thing as a business oh. owner can totally work against you. Because oh, sure. once they get you kind of going, they keep you coming, you know, yeah. and it's um, well, I, it's painful. I, I had something like that years ago before I owned Pond. I, I was a one-man band selling roofing, siding, windows, and doors. And I, um, I, I did a siding job for a customer. And we have this... Reminder, you know, for the day of siding installation that says, you know, anything you have hanging on the walls that's delicate, you know, whatever, fragile, take yeah. it down because yeah. there's a lot of pounding. And um, she swore up and down that I never told her that this could happen, but right. I, you know, I always delivered that fight. Yeah. Anyway, Hummel figures. She was this German woman. She's very yeah. nice, <laughs> but her Hummel figures. And I said, you know, and her, her husband was no help. He, right. was, he was a very nice man, but he was afraid of her. Yeah. And uh, he said, he just kind of stood back with his hands up and, you know, and, and, yeah. he, and I said, well, look, I don't want to ruin this. I had done, um, there, was, there was a pipe stem of houses, six houses. I had put windows in every one of the houses on there. I got a package deal working for yeah. everybody, did some siding for some of them, some doors. I mean, I wasn't going to ruin this over some Hummel figures. And I said, well, look, you know, I gave you this. Right. You didn't read it, but whatever you think is fair, you know, I'll I'll take my shit. She charged me like six hundred dollars. Wow. You know, for you know, she was relentless. Just right. six hundred bucks. And, <laughs> and and it was probably honestly, I mean, I didn't know I wasn't probably pricing things right back then. Yeah. So that was probably all my profit on the side right. of the job. You know. <laughs> but I you know, I I, I paid her the six hundred bucks because wow. but yeah, I think she think she heard me say i'll do whatever you think is fair and where most people yeah i believe will come up with something fair she just went for the yeah. jugular yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy yeah people but, smell an opportunity and yeah uh, it's funny man you know because i don't think about these very often you know right like, but you you asked the question and yeah they, they well, keep I, coming I, I think i think i mean part part of what i'm trying to do with this with this uh podcast is try to show a different light on what's really going on out oh, there sure. when you know you, you know people are calling you for a roof and they don't realize that 20 minutes ago you just got off the phone with with a customer that's ready to take your head off because their roof is leaking not because of something you did wrong right but because a branch fell through and and we get shot first and people ask questions later all day long we do and then and then at the same time, you may have just taken a bullet. You got to answer the phone and talk to Mrs. Jones down the street and she wants a roof <laughs> and you got to put your happy face on and you're still trying to address your wounds, right, right? From your last call. Still trying to recover. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's an interesting, I mean, I think it's, I, I love it. I thrive on it. And yeah. I think obviously you do too. I think anybody, anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, you have got to thrive on overcoming obstacles. Oh, for challenges. sure. You, you have to. You have to be ready to just dig in and see it through. Yeah. You know, you can't just in the middle of one of those throw your hands up and say, I don't know, and right. just walk away. <laughs> you have to see it through. Now, the guys that there are guys that just walk away and they're yeah. the ones that create all these terrible stories about contractors. Right. They don't respond right. when they do respond and they find they come up against something tough. They throw up their hands and walk away. And that's when you got to dig in and just. I got to see this through. Yeah, it's kind of like not burning the bridge with your, you know, previous uh, um, uh, employer or something. Right. You know, you just things get rough, and you yep. know you're leaving. You just gotta st stick it get out. Get through it. Get yep. through it. This has and to then be leave. all right. Then leave. Yeah. You know, you don't exactly. like this girl anymore. You're not gonna date her. Right. Get through the tough part. You break up with her. It's gonna be rough. And, and exactly. But it's. Doesn't have to be a, a, a war of the roses. Exactly, right? you're exactly um, right. But people get 
people get stuck. Um, the I maintain, uh, and I tell my guys every day, I'm like, listen, the, co- the contractors that are out there giving contracting mm-hmm. a bad reputation. Everybody's got a, a terrible story about a contractor. Right. Kind of screwing them or something, you know. Yeah. Something well, there's plenty wrong. of them out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's because guys don't have a process. Right. They don't have systems to try to eliminate the problems that could come yeah. up and to show the customer, hey, look, we have these fail-safes. Yeah. So that there's this level of trust that, okay, I feel good. You've got a way to get through this. Yeah. Well, um, it's even worse than that. It's not that they don't have a process. They don't even know they're supposed to have a process. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I want to close out the final segment. I want to hear the story about how you ended up uh, at Pond Roofing as, sure. the, uh, as the owner. Sounds good. A lot of folks think that building a custom home is a complicated and arduous process. It doesn't have to be. At Stanley Martin Custom Homes, we have the process down to a science. We will bring you through the buying, design, and building phase one step at a time. Head on over to webuildonyourlot.com and check us out. Reach out to us if you wanna get started on the path to your very own Stanley Martin Custom Home. So we are back with uh, Patrick Redioff from uh, Pond Roofing. And so, Patrick, let's wrap up because you got a great story. So sure. you uh, went to Virginia Tech. Yep. You started a painting company. Sure. And then just kind of kind of step us through quickly, like sure. what happened and how did you end <laughs> up at, at working with Pond Roofing? So I, a, after college, a buddy said, come to Richmond and sell windows for me. And I mm-hmm. said, that sounds like selling paint jobs. So yeah. it sounds great. <laughs> so I did that. And, uh, and then I ended up uh, working for Toll Brothers back up here in Northern Virginia. I was in their project management training program. And right. I liked that, but it was a little too much corporate stuff for me. Right. And so I ended up going back to work for the first uh, window company, mm-hmm. but their branch up here in Fairfax as their operations manager. Okay. So I got, you know, I knew the sales side. I knew sales and production from running the painting business. Right. Now I know some corporate tricks, right. you know, uh, more process stuff. And uh, I went, you know, and, and learned the operation side of the remodeling business. And at a certain point, it was time to, you know, start my own company. Right. And so I did that. And I started, I was out painting again and yeah. hanging. I'd be on the ladder painting, uh, painting a piece of crown molding that I had hung. Yeah. And then, oh, I got a sales appointment. I changed my oh, shirt. that's so tough. And run from yeah. Mount Vernon to Reston. And, yes. you know, and, and uh, that was great fun. And I sold that company and went to North Carolina with my wife. We, we didn't have any kids. We yeah. said, we're going to live somewhere cheaper. And I went down and started a home building business with a buddy of mine in Charlotte. And then, and we built two homes on spec, yeah. got them sold right before 2008, demolished Lucky you. Us, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then we were remodelers, you know? Yeah. And so then I, uh, it took a couple of years to sell our house and get back up here. I just wanted to get back here where family was, our whole, you know, we grew up together and, um, and I knew I could make money in remodeling mm-hmm. in the DC market. Sure. Regardless of, uh, you know, what the economy was doing. So we came back and, and I started up another small company, roofing, siding, windows, and doors. Mm-hmm. Got all my old installers, you know, back. Mm-hmm. And pretty quickly, I, I was introduced to Betsy Pond. Right. So that was 2010. Yeah. Um, there was a, a mutual supplier representative who was just an awesome guy. He always had looked out for me with my, my earlier businesses. And he's, mm-hmm. he said... Um, Hey, do you want to? Do you know Pond Roofing? I said I, I know that who the company is. I don't know anything about him. He says, "Well, mm-hmm. why don't you go meet Betsy Pond? She's got some doors that need to be installed." And he knew I had a great window and door installer. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Okay." And we, I went, and Betsy and her cousin Margie were working there, and they said, they grilled me for two hours. Right. I didn't understand what was going on really. Yeah. I didn't really know why I was there. But when they were done, they said, "Well, so we've got a customer who wants these doors." And they wanted to get into selling more doors and windows. They just didn't right. know how to do it. And, and they said, so how, how do we make this work? I thought the doors were sold and they just need them installed. Mm-hmm. I said, well, uh, they said, well, should we just refer them to you? And it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I got to make the right decision. Right. So I said, here's the deal. If you give that lady to me, I'm going to go sell her a door. I'm going to do a really good job. And then she's going to be my customer. She's not going to call you again. 
I'm going to be her new contractor. Mm -hmm. And you have an almost 50-year-old company. I don't think you should give away your customers like that. Mm -hmm. So give me some shirts. Give me your contracts. Here's my price book. Uh, I Make me a part-time salesperson for you, and you can have my company install the products. Right. And they thought that was great. And we worked out, a, you know, how the money was going to work. Right. And every time I walked into that office, they asked me to do something else. Right. <laughs> you know, hey, can you do this? Can you? We're really swamped with roof, uh, roof estimates. Can you yeah. do some roof estimates? Sure. And it didn't take long for me to see that, you know, that company had grown from when Betsy had taken over from her dad. Right. The, her employees were asking me some questions. Right. About how to do things. And I heard her talking about retiring and playing golf and yeah. traveling. And so I waited till everybody was gone one day. And I yeah. said, hey, what's your plan? Right. I heard you talking about retiring. What's the plan? And she said, I don't know, but I could use a little help. Mm -hmm. I said, all right, well, I, you've, I've got a little company. I want a bigger company. Right. You've got a nice size company and you want no company. Right. <laughs> and uh, we, c we need to help each other. We need to figure out. You can sell me your company. You know, there's a lot of different ways to make this happen. You can, yeah. I could run it for you for a few years and you can give it to me. Right. We'd start a buyout process, whatever you think. And so we talked and talked and then we figured the best way was for me to come on board. I, on a handshake, I merged my little company right. with Pond. I brought my installers over, brought my contacts and I became. So what year was that? That was 2010. Okay. Well, sorry. We were working together through 2010. It was right at the beginning of 11 okay. that I became the vice president of Pond Roofing okay. in charge of sales and, and production. Right. And uh, What else is there? That's right. <laughs> she was in charge of finance. She, she kept a hold of the numbers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and we got to kind of test drive each other yeah. while we hammered out the details. And in, in uh, the... At the end of September of 2012, mm -hmm. we had a closing day, like buying a house. Right. We went to the lawyer's offices. We signed the paperwork. Our fiscal year ended September back right. then. So it was, you know, on October 1, that was a new year. Mm -hmm. And I was the new owner. And she took a note. And, you know, I gave her some money up front. And right. she got a salary. And I had a few years to pay her off. And um, she stayed on board and, you know, did some marketing stuff with me and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was great. You know, she's, she's kind of like my aunt now, you know, that's awesome. Uh, so that's how I, I got in. I just saw, you know, growing up around here, right. I always had this idea that I wanted to own a piece of Fairfax history. Right. You know, in my mind, that was going to be, I was going to buy some old house right? <laughs> and, and renovate it and stuff. And, yeah. you know, over the years I learned to, you know, you have to be open to what's coming. Yeah. It's going to look different than you thought. Exactly. And that was my opportunity. I mean, here's this company that started in 1964. Right. You know, um, it, it was a well-known company. Like, it couldn't just disappear or have the wrong guy get it and run yeah. it out of business or exactly. something. Exactly. And so I figured, okay, this is my thing. You yeah. know, I'm going to take this and I'm going to... They had some great employees, great reputation, great, you know, some process, some spe uh, specialization. And I just thought, okay, I can slowly mold this into something better and bigger and mm -hmm. keep it going and that's and awesome that's what we've been doing that's really amazing it's, it's really cool. cool yeah yeah so so it's a it's a great company you run it well i had an opportunity to uh work with your company albeit it was a really small job yeah uh some gutter work in uh 2013 but okay, uh, cool. we really enjoyed uh working with your uh with your folks it was a great awesome great experience so in wrapping and i know <clears throat> we didn't talk at all about this so i'm kind of throwing you a curveball sure. here so what advice do you have in closing? Do sure. you have, you know, anything you want to add to your story or what advice do you have to a youngster out there who's thinking, I want to be an entrepreneur? You know, you, we've talked about some of the difficulties. I mean, you got to be ready for the good and the bad. It's sure. just what it is. Yeah. But what advice do you have to folks out there that want to go into business, either in home improvement or any line of business? Yeah, sure. What I'd say is, uh, you know, I didn't know this then. Uh, but there is an association or a group for just about every industry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, so the things that reverberate with me now are copy your way to the top. Right. Don't, you know, you don't have to do this alone. There's always some group you can join that mm -hmm. has already done what you're doing. I mean, you know, unless you're some sort of, 
innovator and inventor and you're coming up with the next iPhone or something, right? right. I, I'm not talking about those types of You're talking things. about like trade associations. I'm talking about trade associations, whether it's, you know, whether your restaurants or your um, home improvement stuff. And there's mm-hmm. a lot that falls under that. Any sure. home services, um, uh, car mechanics, like mm-hmm. pretty much any industry, there's somebody that's done it mm-hmm. and can help you. And some of the advice is free, you yeah. know, so you, you have to seek those people out. And that's what, you know, I've been doing a lot of in the last however many, you know, handful of years. I've, mm-hmm. I've found some great groups to work with. And I've got buddies all across the country now mm-hmm. that I can call up and say, you know, hey, Chris in Massachusetts, like, let me see what some of your marketing stuff looks like. Right. And he'll send me a package of all of his stuff. Yeah. And I'll send him a package of my stuff. And, 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 and I think like, that's a really, really great point, because yeah. if you can find a peer in another market yep. that's where, where you guys can communicate freely and you don't, you're not going to feel threatened that, sure. you're, that your techniques are going to get used against you. That is fantastic yeah, advice. You know, because yeah. those guys will definitely share. I mean, I'm friends with some of my peers around here and, mm-hmm. and you know, we'll trade a few ideas. Right. But it's not the same as, you know, me getting on the phone with, the, you know, my buddy in Kansas City, yeah. and, you know, and talking to him about how he's, you know, marketing windows. Right. Um, and right, so, right. yeah, I would say, you know, seek, Seek those things out and just, um, you know, learn and be be ready to dig in. You yeah. know, you you have to see it through, and and it takes time. You know, everybody's impatient these days, John. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they want it. They they're the the Instagram, the internet. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you know they see guys flashing stacks of cash like they earned it yesterday, and it's like that's borrowed money. Right. You know, <laughs> and you gotta just you gotta set down a course and that doesn't mean that you won't kind of change how you're going about it as you go like but you know what's get clear on your destination right and then set out for it you know and take some turns but like got to have that end goal in mind yeah that's all good advice so so you know the, the the funny thing is 20 years ago 30 years ago before the internet so most of the folks listening don't even realize that the internet didn't exist for you and me when we were Sure. Young and getting started. Right. right. I mean, right. the Internet to me didn't exist really before 2000. Sure. That's the, Absolutely. you know, late, late 90s. I remember we were trying to use it as yeah. humans and <laughs> we sort of had websites. And no, I mean, it was, it was a really terrible. Dis- it was good it for was email. A, it, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that was it. But uh, but yeah, it was really hard back in the day to get business. Today, you can set up a Facebook page, a business page, and yep. you can set up a a, a mechanism to get phone calls, but you're, you've got to be ready to do the work. you got to be ready to do the work for yep, sure. Yep. Yeah. All right, Patrick, thanks for coming in. Patrick Readyoff, the owner of Pond Roofing and uh, keeping the legacy alive. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks, John. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Pat. We appreciate you coming in and we're now out of time. If you want to learn more about Pond Roofing, you can find a link to their website at gowithjohn.com. Simply find the episode page for Pat's segment and we'll link to his website. Until next time, this is John Jorgensen. Go build something extraordinary.